0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And as promised, we are joined by a very special guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced. Hi, I'm Wooly. Pause for applause. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, Wooly, why? I'm sure there are more people than not. Who know exactly what that name means? But just for the record, just to get it on (laughs) officially, uh, where where, where are you you from? What are you into? And uh, most of all, the number one question I ask all our guests: What uh, uh, got you into JoJo's Bizarre Podcast in the uh, (laughs) into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in the first place? What does your JoJo journey look like?
1: Uh, okay. Well, uh, my name is Wooly. Um, from the channel Wooly Versus on YouTube. Um, also from the Castle Super Beast podcast. Uh, I used to be from Let's Play Group Super Best Friends Play. Uh, part of what I do is, is I, I, you know, I do Let's Plays. I, I talk a lot about fighting games and play a lot about fighting, fighting games. And, uh, I talk a lot about JoJo, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm here on this JoJo cast to talk about the most JoJo moment in all of JoJo, <laughs> uh, which Lo- is love to be an enabler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's been a big one, and um, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess um, you know the 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 Let's Play uh, history aside, which uh, yeah, you can you can check out uh, what I do over at uh, Wooly Versus on YouTube and. On Twitch, uh, as well as a clip channel, Wooly versus the Algorithm for anyone who doesn't have time. Yeah, my my JoJo journey uh, is one where I saw the Satoshi Kon OVAs from 1993 mm. a long time ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I thought they were the coolest fucking things ever. Uh, I could tell that I that the story just was being rushed and that I had no idea what was happening. I could tell that <laughs> I was being dropped off in the middle of this journey, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But somewhere between, like, the sniper water stand battle in the desert and the depiction of, like, Dio's time stop powers in Cairo, in that version of it, I kind of was like, this is one of the most awesome anime, like, like uh, uh, um, battle-type, sequences i've ever seen and it's not Mm -hmm, quite mm -hmm. just dragon balling it where two characters are standing yelling getting their big number up and then shooting a beam (laughs) it felt like uh you had to (laughs) kind of outsmart your opponent and figure out the details of like what they were using how it worked and the rules kept changing you know and seeing that and then seeing uh as well just I, I still recommend people go back and check out the original JoJo OVAS uh, uh, from the ninety ninety three because, like the way mm. the time stop worked then was there was very there was no big flash and uh, an awesome sound effect explosion. Things just stopped being where they were and yes. continued wherever <laughs> they were yeah, as yeah, if yeah. you were outside of Dio's world and. It was the scariest shit. It was the most awesome-looking thing, and they used <laughs> it to do some real fun things, like uh, when he gets that cab driver and has him run all the way back into the car, and he runs out of the car, and he winds up in the car again. Like, that is a giant, looping, infinite background that the cab driver runs through to wind up in the car again, and that was just the brilliance of, like, Satoshi Kon doing that and stuff, and at the time, it was like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like, I, it was wild. So... um it left an impression and then, uh, yeah, the internet uh, uh, eventually, you know, started, I started uh, catching early, early scanslations of like, oh, if you ever wanted to know what happened before all of that, <laughs> you know, and this was before the prequels too came out. Like there's these scans and there was this guy called Veggie Hater online who was doing early scanslations before the, uh, of of the different parts straight from Japan. And I was just catching those cancellations of each part uh, as I could, in bits and chunks. And it was it was like again sometimes the, they would start halfway through a part and finish before the end of the part. But it was just a wild sequence of stand battles, and like it was it, it was amazing. You know, it made no sense, and I just tuned in expecting it to not make sense. But I would read whatever chapters mm-hmm. I could find and, and whatever was uploaded. And uh, yeah, that all kind of just led me to. You know, find out eventually when they, uh, David Production was like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it justice this time. We're going to start for real from the jump. And I saw that first season and I was like, okay, it's happening, you know, and, uh, (laughs) I basically became the, uh, evangelist so to speak for for jojo to all my friends and I was like everybody shut up watch this we're gonna watch it together we're going <laughs> and we all like gathered in the same room and I kind of forced him through it and it was great <laughs> that that experience
0: of just like starting from uh, uh the middle like that is so it's so underrated you know mm-hmm. the, the experience of uh finding a movie that you just fall in love with like channel surfing and you're like two-thirds of the way through but you pick it up anyway Uh, Or or even things that actively work for that, like, I
1: don't know,
0: Buckaroo Banzai, for
1: one. (laughs) I think it helps a lot that it says right on the can, this is going to be some bizarre shit, man. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Fair. Fair. True. And, And every time we get to the next part and the stands get weirder and crazier and more completely batshit, like... I you know I, I get to just tell my wife I'm like well look it it they told you it's gonna get weird and <laughs> by part four punch ghosts are not weird anymore so what else <laughs> do we got you know and so yeah we have to start getting into the concept of weather and and you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the desire to fight and see the shining muscles of the person in front of you like we've got to go all we got to find new ways to get weird because. You, yeah, the the you know you, you gotta keep it fresh, I suppose. And whatever was weird to Araki at the time, uh, was no longer weird. So here we are digging up the ground for the memories of a plane crash. You know, like, <laughs> like it.
0: It is nice that the world got desensitized to dog violence, and, and that just sort of disappeared yeah. for quite
1: a while. On that. Yeah. God. Step one, Dio jumps out <laughs> of the cart. What's that? A dog. Ugh, like immediately <laughs> established that yeah dogs must just great name for a podcast because really like if if anything, it's it's all about the, the puppy. The test, first pitch right? was
0: just dog violence, just two words. Just <laughs> yes, call the podcast dog <laughs> violence.
2: I, I never call it dogs must die when I like say hey the updates are out or or a new update is out on Twitter just because uh sometimes if when I would type in dogs must die the the tweet would get flagged like almost uh. immediately <laughs> by a bot. <laughs> so now I just say our oh, JoJo's Bizarre
1: Adventure recap podcast. It's it's crazy because you wonder like. Is he, like, if you're like, is Araki just really anti-pet? Or is he so <laughs> pro-pet that this is the best way to establish how evil a son of a bitch is? You know? Yeah. I'm going to go with the latter because that's more optimistic. <laughs> but, man, those dogs get it.
2: It's been a little bit since we we did our episode on it and since I last read it. But, yeah, Araki's book on, you know, best practices for making manga I don't think he ever actually says anything about, like, he's got so many different, like, rules and, and, like, paths to follow for, like, to more likely reach success in selling your manga. But he never gets to, like, oh, shorthand for showing how bad a bad guy is. Kick a dog.
0: I don't think <laughs> it's explicit- it, I think it's somewhere. I, it's Does one he? thing that makes me wish this book had an index because I have it in my hand. But I don't yeah. want to uh, put the brakes on the whole show just to find... <laughs> Like I can't even recall which chapter that would be in. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but more recently, of course, the agenda for today is to talk about uh, uh, Stone Ocean Part Six, the anime adaptation. I'm sure we'll talk about the the manga original, and I'm also sure, uh, like I like we were saying uh, before starting the podcast proper, it's probably going to mostly be about the, those last two episodes because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, there's a there's a lot to talk about there. But before before we get there, one point I would like to bring up is how much I enjoy the fact that Pucci is a priest and how much of his perspective and actions I think are really colored by that, like the fact that he talks in parables. Like th- this is how he explains the world. He's just going straight to the gospel and like not quite as clear as Jesus is, I got to say. <laughs> but like he he gets there
1: eventually. <laughs> he is my favorite villain of that of this subset you know uh, so mm-hmm. far and i been waiting a decade to be able to tell people why <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's finally here and i'm like he's this amazing devotee of like everything pure and everything that you know he believes in is it's not about it's, it's that moment. It's it's a couple of moments, but it's really him just being like, I have to remind myself, even though I got this sick new stand, it's not about power. It's about a greater mm-hmm. cause. You know, it's about attaining heaven. Um, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. It's all towards this better end. And, and like, it's not. Yeah. And like, it's look, you can look at any other of the villains and, and see how the power hunger, you know, can take over. But with him, it's, it's a, mo- a much more pure ideal.
0: And, of course, that heaven, what heaven is, is, like, when everyone knows their place, which mm. is, like, it's very pre-Reformation thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it is interesting to consider that, like, that is kind of, I know that, like, there's entire books about Dio's philosophy. And, you know, I mean, while he was standing around in Egypt biting women's blood and sucking it and tossing bodies, like, he was also, like, being a philosopher of, of sorts and... I, I, you know, one of them being like those goddamn Joe stars. I can't, I can't stop losing to them. Destiny sucks. <laughs> I hate it. Right, the song Sonochino Sadame is talking about the bloodline destiny. I hate that song. What, <laughs> what can I do to get past that? And it's like, well, you have to kind of accept it. But accepting it doesn't mean that you can't. You can accept it, but you, if you know about it first, then you can you know like create a stalemate of sorts and you can live with dignity and 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 that's kind of like poochie carrying that forward is like yeah okay i can see salty dio getting to this point you know (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. i i also like the idea of that entire idea what he believes heaven to be can potentially like kind of play into his backstory of like all that shit he did to protect his sister killing her in the end and it just being like, well, if that was fate, uh, guess I'm resigned to that. And I don't gotta feel bad about it anymore. That was the correct yeah. thing to do. Mm. It's not
0: his fault. Uh, like, yeah, a, a world ruled by fate is a world with no like fault. No, no one is in trouble. It's not anyone's uh, a failing. It's just the way it is, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that's why we have to. That's why we have to be asked whether or not we believe in gravity, right? Because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, that's that's you can't control it, you're getting pulled together, whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah, he, he gets
0: his stand, he like crosses the threshold uh uh when his sister dies, but he starts asking the questions out loud, which Dio overhears, like grieving the loss of his, his brother Dominic, after all. Like it's it's all about uh, one sibling or the other that, that sent him here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it, it, it is like there's, a, there's that layer to it as well where it's like it's not just about this hot vampire showing up in church suddenly and, and you know, very lovingly handing him a, an arrow and piecing out. <laughs> it's also about like I'm obsessed with fate as well, you know, and this hot vampire keeps talking about fate. So I'm going to listen <laughs> in bed lovingly hanging uh,
2: out. We're just reading in the same bed. That's what guys do. That's what
1: guys do. <laughs> That's what bros do, man.
0: It's head to toe. It's head to toe. It's not good. Okay. It's head to toe. But I think maybe the most Christian thing about Dio, or excuse me, there's nothing Christian about Dio. The most Christian thing about Pucci is that, like... It is revealed that he knew all along what his heaven would be. He mm-hmm. understood the nature of heaven, but still going back to like the, the first two thirds, he did not know the path. He has all these questions about what this plan means. And that's that's a very relatable story of faith.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Not understanding these wild ass instructions. Like, okay, (laughs) 36 prisoners, I guess, man, I don't know, (laughs) like, if you say so, you know, and and just like, yeah, the the, all the steps you're following the steps to reproduce, you're just you're like, you have to just walk on blind faith, you know, It, it is a really good point there. Um Ste- steps that even include having to consume and then
0: synthesize a pagan idol. Like, come on, come on. Yep. He's yeah, he's very Catholic.
2: Going even further into that is just like the last third of the series is just him like actively suffering and feeling awful and going like, mm, oh, this is mm-hmm, all part mm-hmm. of the plan, though. Like, I go through all this oh, suffering,
1: gosh. and then it's you know, I think too. Like, it's it's pretty instrumental that like a lot of that happened in his early days you know like Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. he was like not a full father and priesthood yet he has that moment where like you know the first confessional which then uh, you know erupts in his life and then later it's like he's you know when he encounters Dio he's like okay I won't tell the father about you and he's already reading a book that's kind of deviant so he's primed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to already be one who strays from the path kind of thing so the idea that it's like okay There's God and all that stuff I've been reading about. But what if heaven through stands, though? You know? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, it's like, yeah, he has all the makings of someone who's walked along far enough, but he's not all the way in with um, years of of being an actual, you know, uh, um, full father to, like, Mm -hmm. be like, no, God's Bible doesn't say that, you know? Like, he can walk away if a vampire shows up and kind of gets real close to his face. (laughs) So
0: uh, t- to go to the other side of the coin, we got to talk about Jolene. And something I realized while preparing for uh, this month's cinematic uh, uh, event, Jolene is John Wick. Jolene is John Wick. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the thing, the thing that I find really interesting about John Wick is that he is obviously top tier dude at killing people. But no matter how much people talk about how good he is, we are shown he's not alone in that tier. There's plenty of people who can kill people just as good as John Wick, but they just aren't as dedicated. They aren't as determined. They don't see it all the way through. That is exactly how I see Jolene
1: Cujo. You know, I've never
2: seen any of the John Wick
1: movies yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the first one. I can't speak to two or three. Um, okay. Okay
0: but that's when these other people start really showing up he like he gets fought almost to a standstill by common of all people like he's not uh, uh, like unbreakable
1: i mean i I guess i could say that uh john wick and jolene are out to get the people who abuse the dogs so it's true there's that yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) gotta get what's coming
0: if John Wick's second dog was named Emporio, would be a perfect parallel. Everybody <laughs> would just be
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jolene's fantastic, and uh, I mean, just an awesome, you know, like first uh, uh, female protagonist to, to to join the lineup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, carries over the burning spirit of uh, of the bloodline, and um, it's it's kind of interesting too because I feel like. In this story about all the about the bloodlines and and you know, like we see this lineage of awesome Joe stars, like you get to contrast it, like the three fail sons of Dio. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? And really Giorno before that, Giorno's, Giorno's cool, but I feel like he could have been there could there was some more Dio juice in there that could have been squeezed out that I feel like he didn't fully capitalize on
0: um yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he he's so ethereal while Jolene is so grounded that's right? it. so like that's there's it. something visceral there's something very physical about her and uh that that Jorno just doesn't have Matt. absolutely G-
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's it's and that that quality really shines through with her and you you feel it and i think um i mean all right like you know Donatello versus is is a cool character but the other two are particularly just awful and i kind of just <laughs> You know, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, the contrast of, like, oh, that's what your kids are up to? Well, check out mine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Jotaro Kujo with a bumper sticker that says, my kid could beat up your honors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she's in jail. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, well, I mean, just thinking about the the generations, though, uh, it's it's fun to compare the the teams, right? Like the Stardust Crusaders versus the Green Dolphin Crew, right? Mm-hmm. Like back in Egypt times, we have this this tactical team of equals where everybody's taking a shot at Dio, and then uh, our our Jolene and Co is very much that, right? And everybody knows they're Jolene's backup, right? They are carrying her to the big fight. So she can do the big punching.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, like, imagine somebody who is spending their entire life being the best basketball player on every team they've ever been on. And then their job, and everyone knows their job, is just feeding LeBron. That,
1: right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, there is, there, it's like, yeah, but like, and, and, and in this case, it's like, uh, you know, she's not even the one with the birthmark star, like on her own. Like, others can have it too, but, Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you're still, yeah, you got to pass the rock and it's not your time. I mean, I, I guess there's something to, to be said about the the part where, like, because they're, they're the best and they're cool, but they're also, like, not great people. <laughs> 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 you know, at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, you guys are kind of scumbags that you're, you know, there's a reason why a lot of you guys are here in jail. And, like, in, in, even if you don't remember it, you probably should be. You know, um, look. Just because I did all those murders doesn't mean
0: I should be accused of murder.
1: <laughs> God, and <Anna>, just ugh. <laughs> they just the sandbagging of that is wonderful. Um, every time and like Anna Sui's like, no, but but I love her though, and like Jotaro practically <laughs> turns to the camera and is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's great. Um, yeah, and then I guess there's Emporio who kind of fills in the role of Smokey Koichi you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the 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 kid uh, a sidekick but um you know is pretty useful and then as i guess we're going to discuss crucial right yeah yeah um because he you know his sin was being born in a prison he didn't do anything you know so like he gets to i guess earn it the 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 most
0: yeah let's let's talk about let's talk about emporio's surprising role de- delivering the final blow because like does this does this break one of Araki's rules he, he wrote for himself? I'm going to mm. find the quote on page 57 of Manga in Theory and Practice, The Craft of Creating Manga. Fundamentally, characters who cannot fight without the aid of others can't be considered heroes. When an audience sees someone dragging others into a fight, they can't help but think, hey, don't rely on others, do it yourself. Even when allies are present, when it comes to the fight, heroes have no one else to rely upon. Otherwise, they don't have what it takes to be heroes. How how do we see this passage in light of what actually happened?
1: That's amazing, because not only does that contradict that last little bit with Emporio, it also explains why so many fights are the hero fighting the enemy, and then everyone else is standing around doing commentary. Doing, you know, no. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. can get in there and two-on-one them if you want, but nah, I'm going to play by play.
2: Honestly, please attack the weird old man with the dragon. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, speed wagon even, just all the way back to the start. It's like, no, 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 they're fighting. It's my job to stand by and call, you know, color <laughs> commentary on what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Emporio definitely, um, I guess the idea is like he has to inherit the stand in order to... You know, fight on his own, but he still is the one that's choosing the abilities that defeat Pucci. So, to some mm-hmm, degree, mm-hmm. it's his—it's his still victory. You know,
0: Jolene is dead, but she is fighting through him, and Emporio basically says as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, her and Weather Report both.
1: Yeah, and well, is she dead? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can. Whenever you want to broach this, like, there's a. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
0: like. There's like a flashing Ugh. button with like the, oh, the no. radioactive logo on it. Oh. And it's something I want to talk about. It's just like for time management's sake, I want to keep putting it on. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like with, with Emporio, it does kind of feel like like in that book, if I remember correctly, there's a couple different points where, you know, Iraqis putting out all these different kind of like rules that he, he follows and suggests following as well. But then very frequently, like anytime he states a new rule like that, I do believe he always says like, but again, there's always places where you can break this rule and it'll work.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and to, to go to like the, the, I mean, I read the whole paragraph. I think it is more indicting with just like the final sentences, but the beginning yeah. of that passage is talking about like. If the ending had been Emporio saying, "No, Jolene, I'll finish this," and and lashing her to a dolphin, right, and then Emporio just wins right there, that would suck. Actually, that would suck. I think yeah. I would hate that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and if you can, if you then go and look at the further context, which you know, um, Araki sort of described uh, in the liner notes about like. Well, he kind of gave some clues as to what he was thinking with this ending. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels as if the one that we got was one where, you know, these people who had been through these awful things could get some sort of peace in their souls by Mm -hmm. having them not carry the burden of, like, everything in the previous universe, you know? Like, they got to live relatively less traumatized lives as a result of Mm -hmm. the 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 switch you know but there's a there's a lot to be said uh, about Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i mean god like this is just yeah i remember like as we are approaching part six like we're approaching stone ocean and and you know way back from when stardust crusaders was happening and getting i'm just like oh man everyone's gonna get really depressed come stone ocean (laughs) and they just don't know it yet you know yeah (laughs) um and it's really all all these people doing the roundabout meme they don't know they don't know they don't know how can they possibly know anyone oh you only know if you've read ahead and and it's interesting though because uh you know as i was watching it like with my wife like she came away from a lot of that not feeling anywhere near as bad as i did when i read it because it happened so Mm -hmm. quickly And it's Mm -hmm. so much denser in animated form that you're you're just kind of left with the brief little... highlights of these moments whereas when you're reading it and you're stopping to go over every detail of the page as everything's resetting and you're just thinking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. everything being lost you have time before you turn the page to the next one and process like everything i care about is gone you know like Mm -hmm. it, it, it just it was a lot more painful to read it page by page than get blasted through it you know in animation it's it's it is kind of different
0: I think especially something that uh we didn't really talk about uh last last episode S- seeing the ending and these people's like the, the rebirth of the this new world uh in light of uh foo fighters death and how they they make the the final point yes. that like uh experience is what matters and experience is what was lost yes. for everyone but like the memories contained in
1: a, a very sad child <laughs> and, and that's why it has to be so bittersweet because you know emporio who sees like well foline and fotaro in mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like what what uh fans are what we call like the Pucci verse right mm-hmm. oh, no uh, the poochie verse <laughs> yeah like he doesn't have that reaction he goes oh there's those people that look like my friends, but that's not them. And then when he sees them for real in the Irene-verse, you know, like he just breaks down uncontrollably because it's like he knows that's them. But he also is having that echo. It's like that echo of, yeah, of what FF said. If you can, br- you can bring me back, but without the memories, it's not me. But at least they, you know, their souls are kind of there. So it's a, it's a truly bittersweet thing, you know? um and i think in this new oh sorry go ahead sorry and i know and i guess and I, I think that's what araki really wanted to convey you know and i think that um the animation of it like they definitely understood that because you know they start playing roundabout and then you get a new ending to the entire sequence of mm-hmm, all six mm-hmm. parts of jojo you know mm-hmm. like they kind of like acknowledged like yes this really is like uh, meant to be a bittersweet ending to what you know and uh it's the promise of where Sonochino's anime started, the first thing you see is Jolene going backwards, six, five, four, three, two, one, and then you go with, with uh, uh, a part one, you know, Phantom Blood. So they kind of were like, we promise to animate at least up to this part. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. In this new world, is Loco Barocco alive? <laughs> is Charlotte alive? <laughs> I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say... Yes. I feel from the very, very brief glimpse you get, all these people are like new versions of themselves, essentially, but are ending up in kind of similar locations, similar personalities and stuff. He may
0: not work at the prison, but he's somewhere in Florida. I think maybe they switch. I think there's a talking alligator that has a (laughs) fucked up little man puppet.
1: (laughs) I think... uh... I, I'm gonna say that yeah in it, it depends which verse right in the Poochie verse <laughs> definitely uh uh he made it through and, and you know got dropped naked into his role and was like what's going on and then uh but he's still naked to this day yeah yeah and, and in the Irene verse uh you know yeah maybe maybe like you said he switched souls with uh, something nearby and you know maybe <laughs> maybe the puppet's real and he's not you know god that that whole that whole double universe switch is I mean did you like okay like did you get it as you saw it or did it take like further reading like how was your reads on on (laughs) that the first time you encountered it for me it, it even before I had like ever
2: seen or read anything beyond part three years ago this thing that happens right at the end was the one thing I knew about part six the whole time, mm. and so I was like ready for it. And so, like, I got it right away. Okay, you, you
0: got a, a little pre digested, yeah. You uh, yeah. had expectations holding your hand, okay, yep. okay. Uh, but yeah, it's if you don't get what happened, Poochie just straight up tells you, at least on the first one, and then you've got that uh basis to, to go from when it, when it comes time for, for round two, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it. It seemed it seemed very, very clear to me. Maybe I am too in tune with uh, vague New Age hippie ideas of <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> what the, the cycle of life and how it makes a, a great big
1: capital O with giraffes in it. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I think for me it was really it was a it was a strange journey because the first time mm-hmm. I read it. There's essentially there's there's lots of different interpretations of the of the end of, of Stone Ocean, but I think sure, they, they yeah. kind of crystallize it popularly. I've into... been
0: reading the comments. I know there's a lot. Of yeah.
1: interpretations. <laughs> but there's there's but there's two I feel like ideas that kind of crystallize. Right. There's a kind of a nihilist point of view. And then there's an mm-hmm, optimist mm-hmm. point of view to things is, is what I, I would like to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like when I first read it, I had the nihilist point of view. Um, and, sure. and this is reading the continuity all through each part. The idea that um, Poochie attains heaven and we watch everyone we love die. And they just, they're, you're there and you're like, okay, but they're Jojo dead, right? We're doing the and, the, and then their bodies start decomposing. And you're like, oh God, no, they're actually really dead. Oh mm-hmm, fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, um we can't just buy a submarine and then find them later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like we can't just fast forward so that like that cool infinity spiral that that Jolene's doing with her body is fine next scene. Don't worry about <laughs> it. She healed. It's okay. She got better. It's it's a thing where you're like no, they're actually dead, right? And so you're like all right, the the whole acceleration point it it, it reaches just, you know, the the um singularity right mm-hmm. and uh emporio and all life float up into space and get dropped back into this this poochie verse and you kind of have a moment where you're like okay no matter what happens we have now moved forward in time and there's no fixing that everything that was going mm-hmm. to happen mm-hmm. in the world that i know and cared about of all the jojos is gone now right and that kind of is like, oh okay, this this kinda hurts, but all right, where are we going, <laughs> you know? And um and you see in this new Poochie verse things are not quite right. He says that the souls don't carry over um of the people that he killed, and only the ones that, that you know, are that are permitted to come through can then face their fate and, and thus humanity will achieve heaven. But only if I get to complete this loop, right? Mm-hmm. And so then Emporio beats him. He fails. He can't complete the loop. And then we get dropped into the Irene verse. And then the thought is kind of like, okay, are we looking at a parallel, sidestepped universe that has to come after his reset? Or are we in fact returning backwards to the previous one, but reality is changing itself? Mm -hmm. to be a, a different version of what it was because he no longer exists you know and so that discussion is ultimately like the optimist point of view is that no we're not saying goodbye to everyone we're actually returning to them they just lived different lives and now her name's Irene or the nihilist point of view is like no they did we did they did die but this new version of them is just kind of like a new reincarnation that comes later and spiritually it's okay but it's not quite the same, you know. I mean, there there is
0: like like I mentioned. Uh, uh, these also go up on YouTube, and so we have a lively uh, uh, comment section that I do I do enjoy. Uh, and there there are people that have a lot of takes on the exact nature of what uh, this this Irene verse is, what it means, uh, whether it is victory at all, whether it sits well with people. Uh, either just because it's, is it a happy ending or not? Is it a, uh, an ending that is dramatically satisfying independent of that or Mm. not? And like, to the people who hate this ending, I cannot prove you wrong. (laughs) I I cannot prove wrong the people who like it for reasons other than mine. Like, this is... This is what I really appreciate about this ending. This this is a show that loves to explain what's happening at all times. This is a show that loves to I mean maybe your your read on some of these people is that they're unreliable narrators, but boy are they narrating all of the time <laughs> and mm-hmm. so to have this this ending have something that is just weighty with meaning and also ambiguity. Like, we, we may never run out of things to talk about, and I love that, and I appreciate it, and it's one of the things that I really do uh, uh, love about this ending. Also, it's why Resurrections is my favorite Matrix movie, of all four. Wow. Yes. Yes. It's true. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like, regardless of how you feel about it,
2: like, this is... The, the ending is, uh, you're not gonna forget that one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... Having a, a more, um, you beat him, all right, style thing. <laughs> like in, you know, the other parts that, uh, for the most part, I feel like it'd be easier to forget what happened there exactly, other than just like, well, they beat him in the end. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why, like, when I first learned about that thing, you know, years and years ago, I was just like, hmm, kind of makes me w- not want to check out the rest of it. But, I mean, it's still pretty good. Okay. And then, like by the time I, you know, was reaching part six and like kind of knew about it just vaguely, but not entirely the mechanics or what it really meant. And then seeing it for real, and and mm-hmm, reading mm-hmm. it and stuff, I was just like, oh, okay, I I have gone from really not liking the idea of this to like kind of liking it now. <laughs> I mean, it also helps. There's still more after, yes. even if there's different guys. Yes, yes. you know,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, it, it's is. Mo- is there tension in the home?
2: It's fine. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry. To to provide context, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chip's lovely fiance uh, is not uh, very positive on the ending yeah. of of Stone Ocean. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, it really does help to n- to know that there is more, and not only that. Uh, in my opinion, the best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and so what I was talking about earlier was I had that initial nihilist view on things that like, it isn't the same, the things we love are gone, the things we cared about, the characters, the journey we took no longer matters, it's been wiped out, Poochie won, and this new version mm-hmm. of it just kind of comes in to give us a little bit of a feel good. Yeah, that felt a lot more real when I didn't know what was coming and where we were going to go, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, I think now especially like like steel ball run is my favorite part it's it's easily just it's so so good and um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it feels as if i mean you know i'm not going to go into any detail but just there's an element of it that's kind of like hey you might be feeling a little bit melancholy after what just happened we know come let's celebrate everything that makes jojo jojo and <laughs> it's a really we're long we're going to kill so many dogs. <laughs> we're going to you can't even begin to imagine how many dogs are going to get it. Like no, like just no, they they just really like it does come back and it celebrates everything JoJo was in a way that is like so good. So like knowing that really cheers me up. But then um to this part really what helped me I think uh, over time accept it and especially like turning to the more optimist point of view um was that Araki when he wrote the liner notes later for the manga and then for <laughs> the um uh for the full um uh, Jejonium books right he gave some extra context we didn't have when it first came out as to what he was thinking and like that little insight pushes things tips the scale a little bit in a way where we're like oh I I kind of get where he was coming from um he mm-hmm. he basically uh, describes two things like one thing is uh, he says when he's when he was drawing this part, he felt the existence of what he calls gravity, right mm-hmm. And so the whole bit where gra- do you believe in gravity? that's what Pucci says to them. That's the first thing Dio says to him, why he's drawn towards that whole idea with fate and such. With Araki, the way he's using gravity is it's like it's that same way where like characters are drawn together, things happen. But more importantly, when you're six parts into this story that's been taking place, the momentum carries itself. The characters, you place them on the scene and they carry themselves. He barely feels like he has to write it sometimes because the actions are just going to happen because he knows what these people would do. And he said it – even resulted in some things that he drew were not what he wanted to happen in the first place, right? But you can't escape it because he knows that it's this is what the right thing these characters mm-hmm. should be doing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of felt that building up, right? Uh, uh, and the momentum of like, oh, I can barely even control the story at this point because everything happening is a result of that which came before. I'm fighting against the dominoes if I want to... Uh, he's fighting against his own dominoes if he wants to change the the path, you know? And, and he said he wants everyone to kind of think about that when they're reading the final volumes of Stone Ocean. Um, mm. The second thing he wrote in the liner notes uh, uh, for Jijonium was um, that he felt that his, uh, his creativity reached its highest point when it came to made in heaven and everything that was mm, happening mm-hmm. at that point. Um, And he felt very satisfied with what he had created. But something a lot of creators will tell you is that a feeling of satisfaction is the scariest and worst thing in the world because where do you go from there? Yeah. Right. Um, And he felt like he reached the peak of what his capabilities allowed him to. And so the fear that comes with, "Uh uh-oh, I have a stand that just reset the universe you can't go past that right like where do we go from here <laughs> and on top of that the characters are writing themselves and everything just rolls forward he definitely he's like i he needed to get away from the momentum that he was like he was he was stuck following the fate of the characters he wrote 20 30 years ago you know and i think that's the idea of like okay we actually have to say goodbye to this world mm-hmm. and i have to stop this flow and and um uh, the bit where he says, "Well, where do you go from here? If you turn, if you turn back to uh, the Italians, they went. Their Renaissance period was born from turning back to the Greeks and uh, and Roman Empire, and and they that's where the Renaissance came from. So he's like, I went back to my roots to try and mm-hmm. start again, you know. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this idea of where Jojo was, if you he got that straight ending of we beat him, what's next? You know, it would, it it just, he was at that point (laughs) where, like, we can't just follow through. So that made a lot more sense to me, you know, and I feel more optimistic about it, knowing and understanding that it's like, right, this carries forward the spirits of the characters. And um, I mean, and even the fact that his first manga was Gorgeous Irene, you know? Mm hmm. He gets to bookend that part uh, where Irene comes mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. around as well. So, yeah, I've been talking a while. Sorry. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that that makes a lot of sense as a perspective, especially when you pay attention to how everything in this home stretch is at maximum scale. Like Tokyo is destroyed. We have globally effective stands <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> The, like the biggest <laughs> on-screen death toll number is uh like the Sea Moon auto accident, mm-hmm. but that probably doesn't even touch how many people got snailified and then eaten by beetles.
1: <laughs> yeah, the little secret world of of like oh something weird happened in Morio. What was it? I don't know. Anyway, like you can't go back to that. Like like. Mickey Mouse yeah. just jumped off of that brochure. Like, everywhere around. Like, <laughs> you can't undo that, you know? Yeah.
0: One thing I really enjoyed in *Maiden in Heaven is like, it's it's the final demystification of Jotaro Kujo. Like, before we can put this whole world to rest, we, we have to take this guy off of his pedestal, which is so much fun to me yeah. as a noted, a loving hater of Jotaro Kujo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bad dad. Because
0: what does ache. he do? Like, well, He shows up with his theme blaring and is
1: useless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The last words he hears are, like, quote, I knew Dad would save me, and he doesn't save her. And he didn't save her in the memory that's being recounted at that time. It's a one-two punch. Mm -hmm. But also, because he gets his face exploded in half, uh, that means... That in uh, Pucci's heaven there is no Joestar blood whatsoever, and he still loses, which is again one of my favorite things to, to to track. It is the final refutation of hero eugenics in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes, it is about connections. It is not about midi chlorians. Mm-hmm. That's not how it
2: works. It, it's also just sad, it's satisfying, you know, using Emporio to to show that, and also simultaneously having emporio be like the fusion of motivations of multiple different characters all at once there like you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's even saying it but you know it's the stand of weather report you know getting revenge it's emporio himself getting revenge for his mom being killed and shit like that and i think that's just very satisfying
1: yeah uh, i feel like um just jotaro being the bad dad is like (laughs) it's just par for the course with your shonen protagonist you're like of course he's a great the greater the hero the worse he is at like being there because he's got an adventure and if there's no adventure then he's got to go stare at some dolphins you know like he just (laughs) it it, like i just yeah and and of course the other idea too as well it's just that like um You know, a big part of uh, I think Araki has talked about how, um, you know, he visited a prison and like when he was preparing for this and like he he, at the time he he wrote Gorgeous Irene. He wanted to have a female protagonist and pitch that as a full series, but he thought that it wouldn't they wouldn't catch on and the world kind of wasn't ready for it. And it's only and then when six came around, he's like, yeah, I think I can go back and have a, a female protagonist now and he was right like it was it was you know t- it was time for that uh mm-hmm. to then kind of have her come in and just be like daddy save me would have been counterproductive and bad and it would have been like oh so she's just she's the jojo with daddy issues but they manifested mm-hmm. her needing to be rescued well that's kind of what's the point mm-hmm. of that you know so the idea I mean it,
0: it goes back to to that quote i i read earlier yeah you know you, you can't have your protagonist ask to be saved exactly, you just
1: can't do it exactly you know and so he I, I mean Araki goes on to say that he thinks Jolene is the toughest of the 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 Jojos you know um he said like he when he visited prison and like he kind of saw what it was like he's like he's like I would break in two days like I couldn't handle it you know <laughs> so like for her to come through that um you know being uh innocent on top of that and still just like finding mm-hmm. a way to thrive and like make it through. Um, and then every t- every step along the way, you know, there's those moments of like, okay, how uh, 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 determined is she? She is light herself on fire and let it burn to beat you, determined, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> to go from Bruno Bucciarati and then f- try to squeeze out someone even more <laughs> determined than that, right? Yeah. So- someone who fought on after death.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, and credit to Weather as well, right? Like, uh, he's gonna dodge those hits, those spikes. No, he's not. <laughs> you know, like little moments like that of just like their will shining forward. Um, yeah, it, it really does a lot to kind of you know make sure she comes in on her own and is, you know, she's a Joe Star, but you know, she's not gonna be carried, right? Um, mm. and and I feel like I got I got similar energy with that with um uh Josuke back in four as well we're like yeah we've got time stop over here yeah it's busted but at the end of the day it's gonna be this one cheeky delinquent boy hiding behind a a broken down house with blood and glass throwing it (laughs) you know like like that's how we're gonna save the day it's not gonna come down to to the the busted time stop power so yeah Jotaro kind of comes in does his bit and and you know he's there he's effective enough but he's not the end all be all you know yeah
2: something i've been seeing on mm-hmm. twitter on and off especially after uh part 6 ended on netflix i've seen some people posting like the these images uh drawing parallels between jonathan joe star and Jolene uh and mm-hmm. that she exhibits some of the same like beliefs and behaviors as him even if she doesn't say it and do it the exact same way which is uh I... They have. They're both no fat for life, <laughs> for different reasons. Exactly, for very different reasons. Jonathan doesn't know what it is. It does. He does not know it's an option. And and Jolene is just doing it because she's in a bet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A bet with herself. I mean, yep. she clearly really wants to. She's so envious of the <laughs> of the snails. You know. Yeah.
2: It's. I mean, how else do you get to being jealous of snails? You know. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, anyway, she also had just like bad romance luck, of course, you know. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um even when she finally like resigns to being like, yeah, okay, you know what? Anna, sure. If if it'll lend a little bit of hope to the sitch, we can get hitched, like, you know? Like
0: I mean, we we have a lot of fun joking that Jolene is oblivious, but you don't take a nap with your head on someone's chest like that unless you're into them. Right, mm.
1: right, right.
0: That is that is that is the clearest
1: <laughs> sign anyone can send. At the same time, if you get uh, someone who you like napping on you, don't take the opportunity to sneak a ring onto their finger while <laughs> yeah. they're sleeping, you weirdo. You <laughs> little freak. God. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, when... Um, when uh, we first showed up in that first panel of the manga, it was a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, I'm kind of curious. I'm like, yeah, like if, how would the story have played out if that were the case, you know, like w- would, would uh, Jolene kind of just like become a bisexual disaster or like, <laughs> you know, like what right. direction would it take? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think uh, a- Araki said like eventually that he's like, I wanted to kind of create a character that challenged beauty standards. So I went, so that's what the switch was about. I, Anasui,
0: can present any way he wants. Mm-hmm. We saw the chocolate trick.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, his body can be any body he wants it to be at any time. You know, what, Whatever. I mean, the most important thing is, um, if you cheat on him, he'll kill you. So, yeah, there is like, that. There yeah. is that. You know, like just yeah. That he's a great again. guy. Otherwise, look. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh going off into stupid just like ooh, i really like this character they remind me of this other character they never interact how would they i feel like anasui is just the continu and i think we've said this to the in a, in a previous episode too anasui just mm-hmm. feels like a, a further extension of trying to make a character like rohan where it's just like how far can we make a good guy character who's just the most Awful human being, and still had the audience come away liking him in a way. Yeah. Which just leads me to how would Anasui and Rohan interact?
1: Man, he still made his deadlines. (laughs) He did. He did. (laughs) Unbelievable. Good for him. I mean,
0: we know Anasui is only watching Western cartoons. He has no interest in the work of Rohan Kashibe. His stand would be useless against him, yeah
1: yeah I just I feel like Rohan would be like I refuse, and Anosu would be like well I refuse first and they would just stand there yelling (laughs) no at each other um the, the the uh the comparison points between Jolene and Jonathan though are pretty great in that like, you know, obviously the intro squares them up to be that, right? And right, right. Um, like you get her running up the staircase the same way that he did, and then in the final version of that OP, like just fully embracing the uh uh this is now the legacy of Dio versus Jonathan, except in the descendants, you know, like um Yeah. Or- originally with the show, I was always like hyped for the new intros that would drop and i was worried i was like are we gonna get the sound effects one are we gonna get the variations and you know like because the netflix like binge drop kind of like killed some of the momentum but mm-hmm, i'm really mm-hmm. glad we got that final version of just like heaven's falling down with like you know literally it a made it thing and a half <laughs> yeah yeah
0: uh i mean a, a big parallel between the two of them is they're the dead ones.
2: <laughs> yeah mm. they they're very so, low le- yeah the, both so of them. I had
0: to go back to mangan theory and practice page one oh two uh the the bit where he's talking about why Jonathan had to die and uh how that is an exception to the rule of like an always a, a positive arc right you do you- rem- you remember the graphs I remember the graphs <laughs> uh so <laughs> When a story's themes include that of passing a torch, the death or replacement of a protagonist is acceptable. I might even suggest that's what makes those stories masterpieces. When I killed Jonathan in part one, some people said, can you do that? What happens to the series now? Yes. Mm -hmm. If you gamble by taking on that extreme negative, you must do so with the understanding of the rule of positives and negatives. And you must be looking ahead to how you will convert it into being a positive. Which uh, in Stone Ocean's case goes right back to, uh, Willie, the, the points you were bringing up from those commentaries uh, uh, and th- those elements of Steel Ball Run, right? It's, it's, it sounds like Araki was thinking of those in the exact same way uh, where he finishes that paragraph by saying... In Jojo, Jonathan's grandson Joseph was the positive that enabled me to take that risk.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Araki clearly, and, and this, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite things about Jojo is the fact that, yeah, he's not afraid to end a story arc and let time move forward and then pick it mm-hmm. back up, you know? Um, And he, with the whole bloodline bit, also is willing to let, like, hope carry on to the future, you know? Um, So... Even if Jonathan doesn't see it through, like it's going to, the torch is going to be passed and picked up. And so that's the idea, I guess, where for if Araki has that point of view of things, is he's willing to let go, right? That's going to make an ending like that where he's like, yeah, it's okay. They're spiritually all there, you know? Um, And we're like, no, but we're more literal. And we're like, oh, but what about the, you know? And it's like, but we're saying goodbye. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's it's okay. It's okay. You know? (laughs) Like, just look at Emporio. He gets it. He feels it. And and I think that, that willingness to to do that, to say goodbye to your protagonist and move on to the next is like, it, it just, I prefer that so much to a, a, another type of shonen series that goes on for a decade and the characters, like, they get, like, five years older. Or maybe we time skip, but literally nothing ever changes or happens, really, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's so much more freeing to just be like, well, that's the end of this person's arc and now we move on, you know? Like... Um, mm-hmm. that, that worked so much uh, in, in the overall series' favor. Uh,
0: so, something you said a moment ago really twigged for me why I think that final scene is effective, and it's that Emporio is there, right? If we saw all of these these brand new but very familiar people going about their hitchhiking lives, and Emporio wasn't there as witness and even wasn't having every human emotion at once. <laughs> yes. <place. laughs> like if he had a clear read or there there was no witness with the memory with the experience that, that we have behind him uh it it would just be the worst it would suck so bad yeah yeah mm-hmm. you need
1: a speed wagon you need someone to fill the speed wagon role <laughs> you do right you need that little just he's your catalyst you're the you're you're living vicariously through him because he gets it and, and I, I also just remembered too as we were talking about uh you know, Jotaro and, and the role he fills and such, like, in that little, in the final ending sequence, like, you get the time stop moment, right? And then it's the acceleration, and then Jotaro shows up, and he's about to punch, but then he stops, and it all pulls mm-hmm. away from him, and it's like, no, 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 this is not his punch to land, you know? There's that mm-hmm. there's that little moment right before the Heaven's Falling Down remix starts playing, and then you get, like, the the mm-hmm. finale <laughs> version, where, like, yeah, like, he's... You know, it's like it's like it's almost like if he landed it, then it's okay. Daddy's gonna do the work; it'll be fine. But it's like no, 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 no. He misses. He's just like, whoa, what? And then you get Jolene breaking off of the, the legacy of the heroes, and then she goes to land that final punch. You know, I
0: need to hear him actually say the words, "Daddy's gonna do the work." I would, <laughs> I would immediately die. God. Uh, so, of course, I have to talk about. The nature of fate through Jojo's bizarre adventure. I have to, mm-hmm. I have to. Is is Pucci's world heaven for those who lack the resolve, or for another reason, don't accept their fate? Did is this hell for all of the strivers in the world?
1: Are are heaven and hell the same thing? Mm-hmm. I think if um yeah, I I think it like it kind of is you know it, it creates a a a, a a situation where anyone who wants to break Thea free of fate is forced to acknowledge it, um, and it's it's artificial, of course. It's it's you know created by his stand. But um, the fact that he's even like, oh, let me die, and it'll just take place automatically. It's just let's let's complete the loop, right? Because it can't work until he does. You know, he just he's just looking at it like it'll be okay, no matter what. We can all learn to live with and accept fate as long as we already know but um yeah i would think that would absolutely be hell for people who wanna break against that you know um it, it means no spontaneity it it creates a, a lack of luster to life um just,
0: just imagine being an artist and knowing every work you're, you're you will ever create before you do yeah mm-hmm. nightmare or or like i mean this this goes back in time so like all all the great explorers of history know what they're gonna see before they get there
1: yeah but I won't be so salty when I lose to the Joe Stars, <laughs> though <laughs> Christmas is gonna suck I know what's in that present. <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> it, it, it is interesting because it's like you know the best villains are the ones whose v- points of view you can understand and are sometimes are arguably right you're right um mm-hmm. Pucci's dedication notwithstanding that world sucks man that you know yeah. like but oh
0: but back to the priesthood thing you, it is catholic doctrine that christ knew everything everything that was going to happen to himself and everyone going to heaven is becoming as christ like as he can make them
1: mhm mm-hmm. yeah man <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and and there's and there's there's a dignity and poise to accepting that you're headed for the gallows right like yes that's kind of the way he's sort of looking at it plus on top of that the infinite loop means it's all going to happen again anyways and yeah mm-hmm. a bit a bit odd we're going to
0: get our little robot buddies
1: i, I mean a bit a bit <laughs> like odd that like yeah the the christian is also pushing a massive reincarnation system right <laughs> Once you spend your time in Poochie's heaven, you get to go to God's heaven. (laughs) It's like the waiting room. I I know that this is not the level that Araki planned it or or thought about it at, but it is kind of interesting if you try to, like, imagine to, like, well, like, Dio studied, he's had a lot of time to study stands, right? And, like, the Mm -hmm. idea that he studied them to the point of, like, figuring out that I can create an artificial stand-based heaven by, like, basically bending the rules of what types of stands are going to pop out of who and what and like how did he figure this these steps out you know like what (laughs) (laughs) what was the process that led him to understand that like yeah like all of these things are going to result in whatever he didn't know it was going to be a weird green baby but whatever it is (laughs) you're going to need to say these words and you know um When, when whole horse snuck
0: up on him in in his egyptian uh uh like library. Yeah. That's that's why he was like fine go I I'm, I'm really busy. This is very important.
1: <laughs> but like like of the 14 words, I think uh what was it? Like I think were the la- I think the last two were like everlasting peace and secret emperor or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Maybe I'm getting that 13th one wrong, but um but, like, I felt like it was almost like, oh, of those words, the implication is that, like, we're going to create this artificial heaven and there will be one person that's a stand user, like, behind it all, but no one will know and it'll be okay. You know, um, mm-hmm. but there's it, it is odd because if that world came true and Poochie then successfully ended the loop and then the world reset again after that, would that world have a Dio? that was allowed to see his fate and then mm. things mm-hmm. would go better for him you know yeah i've kind of i've kind of always wondered how that
2: heaven was meant to apply to dio or not <laughs> for
0: worshipping dio so much i, I think it's... dio is one of the people that if it everything came to pass mm-hmm. as as pucci wanted it would hate it the most yeah because so much of it seems to be on like dio would like this on the assumption that dio becomes emperor of all humanity no he gets punched in the foot so hard his face explodes as soon as as <laughs> as soon as he knows that's how it's going to go down he would be in constant despair
2: yeah uh, would he would he even do dio shit anymore if he knew all that he would have to i mean
1: I, it's true he would have to He'd go to plant the kiss on Arena and then he'd see the mud that she's going to stick in her mouth afterwards and just be like, Aww. Oh. <laughs> like, like, why even bother? Me damn it. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I, um, it, it is an interesting thought that, like, yeah, through right reincarnation, he might be able to experience already the thing he was looking for, you know? Um, but, what would well yeah I don't I don't know I don't know what that would would result in necessarily you know
0: but at, but at the same time we're taking so much of what Pucci says on faith True. about fate and it like if everything is absolutely lockstep the way he says then fate itself was fated to die or is Pucci just wrong? Well, because. <laughs> Yeah. I mean it, like if it works more like say the the Rolling Stone fight go go back one yes, part like yes, yes. All all these people with strong wills, all these heroes all mm-hmm. can can like do tiny little work in the margins that eventually adds up and like Emporio is the very last one to just push over all the dominoes that that Jolene set up for him that cascades into this huge difference being made.
1: Yeah. No, you're super right on that. Sleeping slaves in part 5 is like a early look at the fact that like you really can't oh, yeah. escape fate no matter yeah. what. Yeah.
0: But you can do little things along the way. You can Yeah. You you can you can postpone your death a couple days and maybe maybe there's something that you do under fate's nose in the meantime.
1: Yeah, well, fate should have created a stand that can breathe without oxygen, idiot. Take this. <laughs> Get to the, you know, like what he went like Pucci got it, man.
2: I I do love how much Emporio reading books all the time actually mattered and paid off for the final <laughs> blow. Uh-huh. I read a cool science book. I'm gonna play a random uh, a factoid I read from it. You're dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, kid with no knowledge of the outside world, you know, like, just dropping Wikipedia on you to win the stand. Yeah, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. it's great, you know, and then immediately afterwards, he's like, what is that? Is that a bus stop? Oh, I've heard of those things. Like, it's just cool. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, you lost to that, you know, (laughs) I heard the legends. (laughs) Of course, too, in the in the Irene verse, right, you get that uh like okay all right you know what we kind of won so anisee and a kiss you do get a little bit of redemption sort of because you know represented by a giant hat <laughs> <laughs> you kind of yeah you got you got a better life and maybe who knows maybe in this world like he didn't get cheated on because jolene met him earlier so he didn't have to be a huge piece of shit and uh, (laughs) things are all right, you know?
0: He didn't do alleged very factual and also admitted murders. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Something else I I do enjoy about, like, that I think grounds this ending and makes it complicated and ambiguous and not an altogether happy ending is that prison's still there. That prison's still there. Oh, yeah. And I I hope Gwess is still inside that prison, just living the best life anyone's (laughs) ever lived in, in a prison but I, I want her inside because that's more fun to me.
1: I mean, it's a prison without the arrow involved, right? So yeah, yeah, it's just a normal awful prison in Florida, <laughs> dear God. Um, but uh, yeah, I things things would just go the way they kind of usually would. I kind of wonder if uh, Jolene becomes Irene. She's no longer a JoJo. Does that on its own just spare her an adventure? Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. you know like does she just get sidetracked or or, like shifted out of the spotlight because don't worry you don't have the titular name you'll you'll be okay (laughs) she has a half-brother named jordan and he is fucked up you know going back to the, the, the 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 last bits of that fight as well like it is kind of fun how like dolphins come into play you know uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. like literally it's like it's it's the obviously like you know dad's a marine biologist green dolphin street prison you know like the symbol is always there and so it's like yeah the final little thing that's gonna drag us to safety is this weird naked kid riding a dolphin into space <laughs> <laughs> I like that little bit
2: Par has been through some
0: shit man <laughs> he's been in space twice <laughs> Weather report always wanted to go to space. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Is he the
2: JoJo character that's been in space the most? Because technically, Cars has been in, in it the longest, but he's only right, been in space right. once. Once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's still in that. Yeah. I mean, if we're not getting into the uh, the wildness of the novel canon. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Do you know about the thirty six cars on Mars? <laughs> I'm, I'm just barely. Yes. I, the, barely. It's what I. It's what I just said. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. and it's all based on the George Joestar in George Joestar novels of insanity so yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i think uh i'm i'm willing to i'm willing to give that to to, to him i'll say cars has only got oh, a space count of 1 so fair mm-hmm. <laughs> uh there's also uh, 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 the alien from part 4 who might have been to space many times we Oh that's know.
0: true. That's true.
1: That's true. true. Yeah. Mickey Taka comes from space allegedly. <laughs> He comes from space so far away that Araki forgot that he already used the stand name uh, 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 Earth, (laughs) Wind, and Fire. (laughs) fire, Yes, yes. I think overall, I just, you know, just reflecting on this part, like, I really, really like it. And I really (laughs) like how... Um, coming off of Five again, which, you know, there was some stuff where I kind of was just like, man, Bruno's way cooler. The story should have been about him, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> and and uh, Diavolo was unfortunately not much, to be honest. I kind of felt Diavolo was a really weak villain. It just felt really nice to see overall, like, a setting that is different, you know? Like, is a very unique, fun setting that is, you know, like, you're trapped in an all-girls prison. And then, uh you get again the, the 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 female protagonist. You get the uh Jolene is an awesome like you know, she carries on the legacy spot on and then some uh there, a lot of the Jojos kind of have the it's like the, the odd part jojos are like the the, the stoics and mm. the <laughs> even parts are the <laughs> wild cards, you know? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, there is something to that pattern, huh? Yeah, blue oni, red oni, as they call it, right? Like, and so she <laughs> comes in, and she's the daughter of a stoic, so she too is one, but like, she still got that little wild streak in her, and um, it just it felt nice that like you know such a strong new protagonist kind of stepped in you know, over the last part, and strong antagonist as well. We, we talked about the Strike of the Pucci, mm-hmm. just yeah, I felt like part six really was firing on all cylinders, and and um. I I just love, like, how much of that, you know, felt like a... a, a it did feel like a nice way for uh, the, the JoJo we know to end. I just mm-hmm. really, really, really hate the terrible J- Dio sons. And I'm going to bring it up one more time. <laughs> <laughs> because, man, Dio's so cool and they suck and... And then I think wasn't there a panel? I think they suck in fun ways. You know, I,
0: think
1: I I'm trying to. They suck in ways that reflect on Dio. Interesting. Perhaps so, right? Maybe they are aspects of his personality, you know, that we're mm-hmm. seeing manifest. Uh, I th- wasn't there. Something about like I want to say there was like a paragraph in the manga that was like um, Giorno was busy and didn't like show up or so- <laughs> something like that. Like it's like I forget what it was, but it's just like yeah, like Giorno was a. I son think of... I I might have seen that circulating as
0: like. Yeah, uh, uh, an author's note in an interview, maybe, mm, or, or yeah. like in the back matter of a volume release, maybe. I don't, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's it, it just, you know, it's one of those little bits where it's just like, yeah, okay, so, you know, the hand wave on that. Um, and then the last little bit, too, is like, there's another really great meme, which is every JoJo villain and then a picture of a TV remote control. And just like <laughs> every villain points to a button. So, like, the pause button is Dio. Mm-hmm. The rewind button is Kira, right? The fast forward mm-hmm. button is. Uh, um, Diablo? Diavolo, exactly, right? And I think, like, was this like skip? I'm trying to think. Like, I forget. I think it was like, sk- sk- yes, chapter skip or something is like for, you know, Made in Heaven. And. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And there's another button that pertains to a protagonist to a, an antagonist we haven't talked about yet from a future part. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so it's just kind of like, oh yeah, we've we've completed the remote control sequence of just like every button here <laughs> applies to a, a JoJo antagonist, you know.
2: That just reminds me of a different recap, like with a, a guest we did for part five, where the the it was brought up that the the power of uh Diavolo's stand was just the the remote from the movie click mm. i think <laughs> i mm-hmm, think that's mm-hmm. what
0: it that was that was even that episode's title yes oh yes right right I, I can't remember if it was sylvie or morgan but one of them yeah
1: yeah <laughs> uh yeah i think at some point like i was there's one of the podcasts i was doing was i was describing like epitaph is just like having a twitch chat for real life <laughs> <laughs>
0: My my favorite button on my remote is the one that says turn into squirrel. <laughs> yeah, make hand squirrel. <laughs> I I hate when I accidentally sit on that one on the couch though. <laughs> oh.
1: I was eating. <laughs> uh, God bless cars. He turned his hand into a squirrel, and then like he also licked his lips when he felt the sunlight. Like he knew he knew how hot he got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, part six is just wonderful. Um, and uh, like, uh, it, it's it's been a journey and and coming back around now, especially just hearing Araki's thoughts and, and sort of seeing the more optimist point of view on things has, uh, it, it's made me have a new appreciation for it and mm-hmm. seeing it animated as well and, and the end of this journey and then the credits that they went into that are just, you know, mm-hmm. saying goodbye mm-hmm. to the whole part. I was like, yeah, no. Seeing it animated has helped me like, Appreciate this a lot more, you know, and it's in its tone and it's pacing, Um yeah. even though it's kind of fast. I just really, really hope that we don't get a binge drop of the episodes ever again, because that really killed the momentum. <laughs> I like yeah, it I, week I to just, week. Same. Like,
0: uh, I am really excited every Soleta Sunday for, for people reacting to to Witch for Mercury. And if that mm. existed for for Jojo, mm-hmm. like, okay, I I would have to like keep myself from getting spoiled for the purposes of this show. Mm-hmm.
2: But
1: it would be so much fun. It would be so yeah. much better. Yeah. Every part before was so awesome just anticipating what's coming next and getting excited um you know currently i have that like yeah attack on titan same thing you're just like you know it's so funny speculating and talking about what's going to happen and stuff so i just i'm like i feel like a lot of that went away because this dropped and it was so awesome when we first saw it and shout out kira bucklin she got the the the, the role of a lifetime finally she was and then it just (laughs) kind of went (laughs) away you know um the, the, yeah. the binge drop just, it doesn't go hand in hand with the excitement that is JoJo season. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do when it comes to animating horses. And I hope they oh figure it out.
2: <laughs> but I I just started reading part seven for the first time like a week or two ago. And yeah, like within a couple chapters, like, how are they going to animate
1: this? <laughs> we don't know. It's
0: going to film a bunch of horses and rotoscope it. Let's like, Yeah. This... <laughs> so
1: so it this might is somehow be cheaper it is a serious major problem that like again the jojo fans have been wondering about for a decade now and like every time we see something like um you know uh uh, uh like you're like oh look that stand the is in 3d oh, are they going to use 3D horses? Is this going to be the way? Like, are they getting more mm-hmm. comfortable with int- imp- integrating it? They've done it with the intros. Like, maybe that's the way because you can't force animators to draw that by hand, you know? No, <laughs> and no. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll take a world where we just draw the bottom of the horse, no, draw the top of the horse, no legs, and just south park it. Just like up and down, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it's fine. Just, just two frames. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's all you need. But I hope we get it episodically, whatever we get. Me too.
0: Well, oh, uh, because of the the uh, evaporation of our backlog, uh, we got took the the opportunity to ask you the listeners to send to ask us the people who make the show some questions, and we got a lot. We got a lot of questions, and we're not going to get to all of them because of that volume. But I do want to thank everybody who sent them in, and we'll see uh, uh, how how many we can get to before yeah. we have to move on. So I want to start with uh, Devesh, who asks. Along with several other people, what do you think Anasui's favorite Disney movie is? <laughs> huh. Um. Uh, I mean, it's obviously Old Yeller, right? <laughs> he loves when they shoot
1: that dog. Oh, yeah. He's down for that. I was like, do <laughs> the, you see, like, Wall-E get disassembled at any point? Like, maybe he'll, like... Uh, he gets real fucked up. I he mean, does.
0: I, I was also going to say Skeleton Dance, because he, he loves to see the constituent parts of human beings. There is that. There is that. Um, I, w- I was... I feel
2: like he would really identify with Disney villains. I was mm, trying to figure mm. out, okay, which one, like, fits his vibe? What what Kuella. would he...
0: Maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah she's out for those dogs man she's out for dogs she (laughs) loves to skin
0: living creatures yeah
1: yeah yeah um i'm gonna say my official answer is i don't know but weather report really hates song of the south (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah It's the one memory he still has.
0: Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan of yeah, that one. Yeah. Don't Intense take him to Splash hatred. Mountain. <laughs> oof, oof. For some well, reason... You know what? Uh, it, it's it's getting better, buddy. Uh, for for some reason, there's a copy... doing it for you.
2: For some reason, there's a copy of that movie in the library in Green Dolphin. and uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the Japanese laser disc. <laughs>
2: Re- really bad things happen if that laser disc gets put in your brain by White Snake.
0: Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Throw that in the garbage.
0: Oh, okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Claretic writes in Hello, oh boy, wow, wave of nostalgia answering a question from Claretic on a podcast. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Uh, and, and uh says that uh, they have a theory that the reason JoJo video games are mostly fighting games is because of uh, the Capcom arcade fighter, but that doesn't really fit anything past Stardust Crusaders as, w- uh, as well as it does fit Stardust Crusaders, you know, mm. where two guys punch each other with their ghosts. So the question is, what would your ideal form of a JoJo video game be like in general, part specific, etc.?
2: Hmm. I forget the name of this game. It, it came out. I, I think it was like an indie game. It was. It wasn't like some bigger title or anything. But there was a game that was essentially a fighter where it was like a, a kind of turn-based thing where you would have a certain amount of time in your turn to grab any joint on like the the skeleton of the the model of your fighter. Tory and bash. <laughs> Tori bash. Yes. Tory bash but stands so it's entirely just uh doing very minute like planning of movement and motions and like whatever abilities your particular stand has and then at at the end just like tori bash you can see the whole fight play out in real time
1: let me take that excellent answer and go one step further Tori mm. Bash inspired a, a more recent game that came out this year called Yomi Hustle. Uh, your mm. only move is hustle, I guess technically. Um, and it is a it is a fighting game that's turn based. And like Tori oh. Bash, you, yes. you, you click on each option that your fighter has, and then they click on theirs, and then you play them both at the same time. And then until a couple seconds play out, and then you stop and you stop time, and then resume picking your actions again. Um, The end result is a giant, awesome stick figure battle that plays out, like, in a big (laughs) anime sequence kind of way. And when you think about JoJo and how, like, the step planning, I got to do this to beat that to beat that, right? Yeah, I'm falling down into a a spike pit with fire and I got to use the wall. And now there's a, you know, like, there's, like, eight things going on and you got to think all these steps ahead. It really lends itself to that because uh, in each turn you see the ghost of what's about to happen. And you can mm-hmm. select your opponent's actions to predict. They're probably going to pick this, so I'll do that instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to think like a JoJo protagonist to overcome <laughs> the odds. So you had a really great answer with Tori Bash, and uh, this game Yomi Hustle like, yeah, is yeah. like the next step of that for sure. There's no
2: way to do r- like real Galaxy Brain JoJo fights in real time. It has to be something mm-hmm. like that, or some type of strategy game, something where you can actually plan
1: out moves. Yeah, um, where space is involved. I feel like, yeah. uh, you know, the CyberConnect games really just kind of, they were great fan service, but not great in terms of the gameplay elements, you know, with Eyes of Heaven and All-Star Battle. Um, mm. The Seventh Stand user was this uh, fan RPG that was kind of cool, played like Dragon Quest, did a lot, and was mm-hmm. a fun mm-hmm. thing where you had to do a personality test to determine what kind of stand you'd get. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I agree in that you'd need something that had a larger, like, outsmarting the opponent kind of aspect to it um, that I don't think any of them really had. Uh, Also there was um, a Jojo um, battle royale game that came out in arcades Mm -hmm. um, called The Last Survivor and I don't know how that went but I'm still mad at it because missed opportunity to call the game The Last Stand. Ah. Oh shit. Yeah, that's
0: a better name. (laughs) Terrible. Uh if I were to make a JoJo's Bizarre video game, uh I, I would have it set in Morio, it would be like a, a part four sequel, and there would be no stand fights or, or like it would not be about stand fights. <laughs> it would play out like uh uh like a like a PC ninety-eight dating game where you were just living your life and trying to uh uh like choose between your priorities hour by hour. Uh, just live in life in the weirdest city in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and like, stand fights would happen, but it would be entirely predetermined. You just watch a fun little cutscene of something very silly happening. Right. But what the game's really about is it, yeah, it, it's going to school and going to, uh, okay, which cafe? Do you have enough money to, to get the good sandwich?
1: Or <laughs> we go to Tony's. That's tonios? what the game's really about. Yes. Yeah. That's great. That would be a lot of fun. And I mean, revisiting Morio is 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 always great obviously. So there's there's the new spin-off manga now, Crazy Diamond's Demonic Heartbreak where they go back to Morio. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 awesome that you have this JoJo fictional town where you can just use it as a setting. And I, I totally agree. I would love to just hang out there.
0: Uh Zane writes in. Hi Zane, thank you. Uh, and says, "Hi there. Love the show and you guys too. I was wondering, when it came to Jotaro's parenting style, or lack thereof, did it ever cross your mind how if his dad was always busy with jazz and never around for his kid, influenced Mm. his parenting style? (laughs) Even though we never see a a Grandpa Cujo, Jotaro doesn't seem to hold any ill will to his dad for not being present, and that could be why he thought being an absentee father was
1: fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, maybe, uh, you know, or like, It's okay if they're not around as long as they're in a coma and you're fighting to save their life. That's good enough, (laughs) right? That's his idea of a parent. His idea of
0: a parent is a a working, specialized professional who travels around the world doing his job. That's that's what a dad is to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you
1: know, there might be something to this. Yeah, and we really never got much insight into like what kind of person her mom was you know but there's a photo but it's like what who like a lot of a lot of ladies loved Jotaro over the years but like who's the person that he actually settles on is it the one who's not going to bother him while he stares at marine life (laughs)
2: like it's just so hard to fathom
0: Jotaro got that far Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) how did he Mm -hmm. do that how (laughs) The only person we've seen in this entire series that makes sense to me is Shinobu. If if the widow should, the widow who does not know she's a widow wound up with him, it, I I would believe it. She wants yes. a
1: strong, silent man. I found one. Yeah, I mean, again, not exact, not not a ton of like uh, wholesome relationship examples because I'm going off of Koichi and and <laughs> and God, that absolutely insane woman uh, uh mm. i forgot her name right now but yukiko yukiko <laughs> just yeah hmm i mean look i think at this point though like as long as no one's pulling a joseph right like <laughs> yeah zany old joseph there he is oh what a goofball with his clackers and his tommy gun and <laughs> He's an old man. He's infidelity. And, yep, and oh no, <laughs> like, it keeps happening. Yeah, God, old man Joseph, you card, you
2: cheated on everybody. <laughs> like, I, I I just find a random rock in the ground, lift it up, and there's another one of his
0: kids there. We just they're all they're all over the place. I, the, the like perspective of this question does make sense to me though, because yeah. I mean, who who was his kid that he raised? Holly. And she is just as doting and mm-hmm. and uh, suffocating <laughs> as, as he is when he comes to visit and uh, does all that to like a forty year old woman, which is a choice. Uh, but
1: <laughs> yeah, not a lot of great examples in in the series here. Not a ton. No. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Meat writes in to ask,
0: uh, what jobs do you think the new universe's versions of the main characters have? And then puts forward an answer to their own question. I'd like to think Irene is putting all her determination and drive into making cool threads, including that sweater she gave Emporio. Yeah. And that Eremis' mm-hmm. counterpart finally got to put all that snail knowledge into practice by having a nice vegetable garden that grows stuff
1: for her family's restaurant. <laughs> Aw, nice. Anachis is definitely an engineer. mm-hmm. 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 Because that's you can he, safely. He knows take how apart. the parts go together. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Out, out of curiosity, he pulled apart the electric pole and all that stuff, right? So, just keep him away from people, and uh, we're good.
2: I think in that new universe, Emporio will grow up to follow the same route as either Speedwagon or Smokey. Politics, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <he's>, yeah, <laughs> politics or big time like like oil magnet style thing. Whatever the analog
0: will be for that universe. And that time period. What if he becomes, uh, I mean, this might be a world without a speed wagon foundation, but if they need a chief researcher, I know a little guy who
1: loves to read. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could just, I could see him being like a, a coach for the Cubs. Mm. <laughs> Not a player. You know, dress for the job you want. That's what they say. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Not the fighter, but, you know, he's he's got the info and he's he, he loves them. You another
2: thing in that library of his while while he was in prison is just, like, just records of all of the games over the past, you know, however many years. Uh, and it, it helps. It's working knowledge.
0: Yep. And... Uh... I, I think whatever Irene does for work, it's what Jolene dreamed of doing as a child, but then dissuaded herself from, like, oh, no, that's silly. That's, that's mm. kid stuff. I gotta do... Right. Something serious. Just just an office job somewhere, probably, which sucks.
1: Uh, Wes is still delivering juice. Gotta deliver juice for the juice man.
0: Mm. <laughs> Ameet also has a bonus question. Would Jolene have won if she hadn't vowed to never jerk off? The final battle was during the new moon, which by her calculation is the least horny time.
1: <laughs> uh, if only she was not master of her domain. Uh, boy. <laughs> If if her wrists were a little more limbered up, maybe <laughs> couldn't 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 go with a balls deep uh, a, a pun on that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think um, I don't know if you go by the rules of uh, Raging Bull, it's like you you gotta save it before the fight, right? You can't let it out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. otherwise uh, your fighting spirit is gone. So if you if you save it up then you'll have more... Maybe it was the only thing
0: keeping her... Like, every time mm. she ascends to another, like, plateau of, of, like, fight mastery and determination, that's the reason. Yeah, the
1: frustration, right? Just really <laughs> pent up. soup Like, just, that's, that's absolutely adding to the battle capacity. Like, that should be a, 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 on the commercial break when they read the stand powers out. You just gotta have, like, <laughs> sexual frustration. Just, you know, like, A-S- <laughs> uh
0: caleb writes in uh with a question with a bit of preamble but i'm gonna cut to the chase quote but basically ff was a better friend slash partner to jolene than anasui was and i wish some of that had rubbed off on him when they died uh like he wanted jolene to make him into a better person but all he really needed to do was be more like ff yeah Mm-hmm. there's no question mark in that, but what, what do we think about this point? Let's talk about this for a moment. Uh,
1: I, I agree. Um, FF became absolutely better, you know. Uh, um, I mean, as a lot of characters do in their final moments, but um, Anasui is a jerk, and, like, we don't quite know why. Well, we know that he falls in love with Jolene because of her determination, but, like, mm-hmm. it's a love-at-first-sight thing with him, and so it's easily readable as Shallow. Um, and the right, fact that he right. obsesses over it later doesn't do anything to like persuade you that this is like pure quote unquote you know mm. like it still feels sketchy the whole way through um, it's just like well the situation sucks so we're going to go with it and we really need Diver down uh but you know like i think um it it, it does absolutely like you know leave you like like sketched out the whole time uh, ff is 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 a great friend i do like that when the moment of motivation is kind of coming through at the end of the the um the weather report the heavy weather fight like you do see that ff gets named right as one of the motivating factors like we yep. yes yep, yes you know we came this far and all the people that we lost along the way including ff like so there was an acknowledgement that the that the, the the creature that he called her the it you know um was still worthy of acknowledgement even if it was like after dying
2: I feel like, you know, because there there are a couple different scenes throughout the anime that are anime original things. And like several times in the past, especially in uh, Stardust Crusaders, those new scenes they add in are frequently like smaller character moments to make just certain events that happen a little more fulfilling, a little more uh, meaningful for, for that character. For instance, when they had Hermes... Uh, learn about FF's death and and pour the pour pour some water out the window in in honor of her it feels like that could have been a new anime original thing they could have done was you know have that mm-hmm. reflect more on, on Asui in the end if they had you know the time and budget for more than 38 episodes <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think they really wanted um I, I, they wanted Anasui to not be they wanted him to be a conflicted character. They wanted you to feel weird about this guy, and like the reactions to him are like, you know, clearly like intended, where it's just like, yeah, you're just a, you're a, you're a psycho. You've killed people. You're in love with her, and you're here for those reasons. But and ultimately, we kind of need you on the team. But like, I I think um the human like there could have been more humanizing efforts, you know, if there mm. if that's what Araki wanted. But I think they were. Like deliberately left kind of where they were, um, you know. He gets a he gets a bit of a bone towards the end of the series, but uh, like it, like with heavy weather, right? You kind of see like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a reason why Weather Report is this upset. <laughs> He's got really good reasons to hate everybody, <laughs> and still not okay. But yeah, th- that's a different flashing bun with the radioactive side. <laughs> <on that. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think they 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 left in this like morally ambiguous place deliberately you know you're not supposed to be like fully on board at the by the end you know i just noticed i was
0: curious nobody sent in a question about weather report like nobody wants to talk about that (laughs) damn that sucks um i mean
1: none of us brought it up earlier either i got i got a Mm. question about weather report Sure. Yeah. yeah. When you see how he uses his powers to evaporate blood, freeze it into an icicle and then beat the blind priest while bleeding out with no legs. How garbage is Storm's usage of her powers in Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't even turn anyone into snails. Come Sorry, She's on. not unlocked the true right? potential. Once upon a time, there was a real tornado that picked up a bunch of frogs and dropped them from the sky. Technically, that was a weather phenomenon. Therefore, my mm-hmm. power lets me rain frog. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so much more creative usage of like weather control. I remember this like that fight versus Poochie. Was what made me go, oh yeah, like fuck Storm's abilities. Like she's not being anywhere near as creative as she could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like Storm. Uh, Andy writes in uh, to talk about, you know, how
0: part six ends by, by making a brand new world and, and setting aside the old one. And says, uh, I would have loved a K Giorno Jolene arc or something with a grown up uh, Shizuka the invisible baby. Is there anything you or your guest would like to see explored more before the
1: timeline reset?
0: Tell me your fanfic. <sighs>
1: uh, I mean, I really enjoyed that Rohan nod. Um, mm-hmm. that, that was that was very satisfying. Um, yeah, I think to, I my my fanfic would have been to bring Jorno. Like, involve, like have a cut to Giorno for some part where that whole Dio's kids thing is going down and, like, use that opportunity to fix him and them and or spell out what Dio's kids' legacy is supposed to be, you know? Like, maybe we see what kind of person he became when he was the boss of Passione for many years, you know? Maybe there's something to be said about the whole... Rolling Stones, Sleeping Slaves, Fate thing. Maybe there's, so, you know, mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. want to have too much reliance on the past with that stuff, because it's not about him or his story, but we did revisit a bunch of the other Dio kids, so I feel like there should be something to that. Even if it was a brief moment during those the, that part, you know? Maybe, like, maybe an, even a scene of like Poochie, like, wanting to talk, like, reaching out to him and him not, you know... It not working. Him not wanting to reach out to Giorno because he he was you know he, he's like no this isn't going to work for the plan. I, I I don't know, mm-hmm. but a little a little bit of something there to kind of just you know fix him and the and them and kind of like make that part of the story a little more satisfying.
2: My answer is I would want to see essentially, almost essentially like a mini series that is uh, a set like a side thing that goes. Mm-hmm. that threads through parts two through six that is just various eras of the Speedwagon Foundation.
1: <laughs> I, uh-huh, want, uh-huh. I
2: want to see the behind the scenes <laughs> of the Speedwagon Foundation and I want to see, I, I want one of the big things to cap it off near the end just be Polnareff reporting in on what happened at the end of part five and he's like, I'm a turtle now what
0: <laughs> Send
2: jo- we're, okay we're sending jotaro over to confirm
1: that you're a turtle now oh
2: shit he's a turtle
1: <laughs> yeah just a, a mockumentary you know like the industrial yeah. revolution you know the Speedwagon foundation just going through the history in black and white till modern day yeah mm-hmm. yeah that'd be wonderful
0: one question does uh Try to play along with the bit of the Speedwagon Foundation, uh, benefiting heavily from Operation Paperclip, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you to G for that. Uh, no. Uh, no, but what what I would want, and I I'm on record uh, uh, wanting this since this character was introduced, is a story where Shizuka, the the invisible baby, becomes the new JoJo, and like. Again, shout out to the Shizuka Joestar project for, for uh, being a large group of fan collaborators making just that sort of thing happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, in in my idea, she's 13 years old, and the first chapter is Joseph's funeral. <laughs> and the whole family having to react to like, you're not related to us anymore uh-huh. in kind of a real way <laughs> and she's just this like really gung-ho she wants her turn she wants a bizarre adventure like sort of scrappy do-ish and like doing uh her own birthmark and magic marker <laughs> and everyone else is like you fucking idiot kid you don't want this yeah <laughs>
1: yeah uh the one kid that like he treated right to like yeah mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. could be interesting and, for like, sure Mm -hmm. Josuke would definitely enjoy her
0: but enjoy her as a novelty as a toy and not a person (laughs) and she doesn't realize she's being like belittled in that way Mm -hmm. yeah uh also she renames her stand potty mouth because uh it's just better music than octune baby uh and and uh as a non-infant has figured out that it's not invisibility it's light manipulation so she can be invisible but also reflective or go vanta black or refract light sure so mm-hmm. there's all sorts of weird like setting people on fire with like uh sun lensing is probably the first thing she does
1: <laughs> um that's great that'd be a lot of fun and and that actually does remind me too that like something part 6 related that like, a uh, something I would have wanted, but it already exists, is the fan comic that is uh, Josuke taking care of baby Jolene, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like, they already... There's tons of fan art of that, and someone made a great little, um, you know, fan comic of a full chapter of it. Uh, and then I uh, want to say the game Eyes of Heaven has baby Jolene as well show up uh, for, like, a, a brief little moment in the story mode. So, like... Yeah, just uh, Jotaro dropping off, you know, the kids to to get taken (laughs) care of by another stand user is a lot of fun.
0: Okay, I'm looking at the clock, and Mm -hmm. again, we got so many questions, and I did really enjoy reading these. Thank you to everybody who sent them in, but I think I'm going to end this segment there and instead say, once again, thank you very much for coming on the show, Willie. This was a joy. Oh, what... What are you currently
1: up to? Where do you want to send people? It's plug time. Let's go. Uh, Sure, yeah. This was a blast. Thank you for giving me an excuse to come on and just rant about this goddamn franchise that I'm going to be following (laughs) for the rest of my life. Um, Man, God. I suppose 10 years from now we'll be talking about part nine (laughs) you know what i mean like
0: (laughs) part nine in animation yeah whatever
1: part nine ending if it's like part eight god right but it's we're gonna get there slowly but surely um so far it's off to a great start but uh yeah if you'd like to check out more of uh uh, what i do uh yeah come check out woolly versus on youtube um it's where the episodes come out every day uh we've also Mm -hmm. got the twitch channel where you can watch me record the let's plays live I've got. Uh, I believe um, you just finished Hi-Fi Rush. Is, is that correct? Yep, I just finished Hi-Fi Rush. It is the game of the year in January. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> um, I as a fan of character action games and you know, um, um, the Devil May Cry and bayonetta style games, uh, that thing was just a out of left field miracle. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are going through the Mass Effect trilogy right now. We're on Mass Effect Three. I've play. I'm playing it for the first time. Um, me and my, my co-host Reggie uh, are going through that. So yeah, this is our, our you know fresh eyes on this much beloved franchise um, as we're experiencing it. We just started, since we finished Hi-Fi Rush, we just started uh, Final Fantasy IX as well. Uh, mm. So that's another like first time thing. Um, yeah. And so that's, those are the let's plays going on. Uh, we also have clips of our best moments and just, uh, enhanced bits and things over on uh, a side channel called Wooly versus the algorithm. This is, this is me trying to figure out how to beat YouTube's dumb algorithm with content. <laughs> so check that out as well. Um, and then I've got a podcast every week, uh, called Castle Super Beast. Uh, where yeah myself and uh pat stares at we just talk about we shoot the shit on whatever's going on so uh yeah that's what i'm up to woolly versus and thanks for having me on guys
0: yeah of course, mm-hmm. of, course super fun. of course i did a lot of outro plugs on last week's best stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i uh, go listen to that it's all true this show is going to go on hiatus for a while as we figure out what we want it to become next, but it will become something. Mm -hmm. Something very much, much like Irene uh, gets to live a happy life (laughs) uh, uh, because of the actions of Jolene. uh, Because of Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, something will come in its place in a new and exciting form until, I assume it's going to happen, until (laughs) there is more... uh, uh, animated jojo's bizarre adventure to talk about with everybody yeah bizarre podcast horses must ride <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right i mean i want to pitch a uh, uh, bizarre podcast uh space puppets i want <laughs> I, I really i want to do farscape with you okay <laughs> i think you would have a lot of fun I've, doing farscape i've never watched it so that works <laughs> but in any case that's that's not an announcement that's not a decision yeah yet Uh, we do appreciate every rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify even more, we appreciate you just telling people directly, you know, like friends do like a community, it's great it's the best uh this show is supported along with all of our other projects together on patreon that's patreon.com slash chip and ironicus and uh once again we are now four this is going up monday yes four videos into our latest let's play of kingdom hearts final mix
1: oh there you go okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i gotta go down that road someday uh I mm. like I I started Kingdom Hearts one uh, right before the last channel ended. So some say there's right. a curse to starting a Kingdom yeah, Hearts LP. Yeah, we've had people
0: <laughs> yeah. telling us about your experience. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is in fact a curse. That's the game. third blinking radioactive bun. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. No. One day I'll, I'll figure out uh, what a what a getting norted means, but that that <laughs> mm-hmm. day is not today. Um, that being said, though, um, you guys, you know, they're they're gonna deflect it, but I want to say to you guys again, properly on mic, uh, honor to record with uh, two heads on the Mount Rushmore of Let's Plays. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you guys are up there with as as you know the reluctant granddaddies, but you're still very important to what they are. So, cheers. Well, Thank with you.
0: kids like these. Uh... <laughs> no thank you thank you very much uh uh this this has been a joy this has been i feel like a long time coming this has been a decade in the coming it just mm-hmm. took a, a project that seemed like the right time for for one of us to reach out to the other and i'm glad it was
1: this project because oh, yeah. this has been a fantastic time yeah right on oh i gotta just know right in the closing seconds because i'm sure you guys must have touched it but i didn't know i don't what's your favorite stand real quick oh shit oh by what metric oh my gosh that's, oh my that's g- there's so many uh, like six parts we ended all one to six just real quick what's your favorite stand hmm see the thing is this is the sort of
0: question like you know that that like billy eichner clip where he's just like name a woman and you can't do it <laughs> <laughs> like is it okay is it, is it a punch i'm ghost? caught by the choice paralysis that is no soon as i name one that it's one of my favorites tomorrow when i'm editing this like Oh, I can think of three more that I like better than that. Wow, but... that's crazy!
1: If you don't, if you, I thought you would have like had one of those sitting as a as a thing, huh?
0: My favorite stand visually to go back to the very uh, start of this episode is Hierophant Green as drawn in the OVA.
1: Ooh, oh yeah, I like he that. Answer moves a so lot. cool. Hell yeah, that's a great answer. Absolutely.
2: Ability wise, I still just really like Jailhouse Lock.
1: Yes, that that yes. is that is one of my. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the mm-hmm. favorite,
2: but it's one of my more favorite ones for sure.
1: Jailhouse Lock is a good one. So creative um, on how you got to activate it.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because we've been talking about it all day, but the one that bubbles up, just like design and really cool scenes with it and creativity
1: of use, is Stone Free. I love Stone mm-hmm. Free so much. Yeah, yeah. Spidermaning it absolutely. For me, design and usage and name uh, and the fact that it's canonically called The Weakest Stand, Survivor is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love the way it works. I love that it's autonomous. I love that Dio thinks it's worthless. And I love that it turns real life into a fighting game. And the life yes. bars yes. are your muscles, and we really gotta fight <laughs> right now. Now that's
0: an element to put into the the new JoJo's game that that really gets into how stand fights work. Survivor, mm-hmm. absolutely. HP muscles. Ooh, <laughs> HP muscles is both a mechanic and a name waiting for for an indie fighting game. Yeah. But I, I guess that that is the end. Uh, as much as I want to thank Wooly again for joining us, I want to thank everyone listening for joining in that capacity. It's been a great ride with everybody. Keep an ear to the ground for uh, our next evolution. Act two, you might call it, whatever mm-hmm. it turns out to be. <laughs> and, and, and so uh, uh, I, I do have to make that happen in order that uh, uh, our uh, sign-off is not a lie. So (laughs) to be continued. See you later,
1: folks. Arrow. I mean, it's, it's one thing to kind of walk through the steps of you know sea moon and and what was going on there Mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. and then it's another to hit this moment the most debated insane (laughs) i can only imagine sequence in (laughs) all of jojo and if you're calling me in i'm honored but i assume we're gonna have to talk heavy theory because it's (laughs) people are still trying to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, so i have to assume that's that's, oh, well, that's I gonna be a little yeah, like, yeah. more high level as you said with the discussion thanks for sticking
0: around to the end uh your reward is one last plug don't forget sex archie is coming back at you this saturday april 1st yes really i'm not kidding